The indie author revolution has been around for more than a decade, but we indies continue to push the boundaries of what we're capable of, from getting over initial prejudices to staring down perfectionism and author imposter syndrome. We've become a force to reckon with. Now, after years of hustle and grind, we indies are rebelling again. Gone are the days of publishing a book a month until we drop, and in its place we're sowing the seeds of a better way. A way with more ease, abundance, and flow. Get ready to learn about indie authorship from a whole new perspective. We're about to cover everything from releasing your poverty mentality to manifesting your millionaire author destiny. I'm Carissa Andrews, and this is the Author Revolution Podcast. Welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast. I am super excited for today's podcast interview. Now, I met Troy Lambert from Plotter, from the Idaho Writers Guild, from all over the interwebs when it comes to being an indie author. You can't go somewhere and not know Troy Lambert, right? Well, Troy and I met originally when he asked me to do an interview with him on Plotter's Facebook group, where we were talking about rapid release, how I was using Plotter to manage my production schedule. And so I had this incredible conversation with this guy that like knows his stuff and he's incredibly interesting. Well, I come to find out that this year, as I am a presenter for the Idaho Writers Guild's Idaho Writers Conference, he had a hand in it all. I had no idea at the time that he was the person pulling the strings, but I am so excited and thrilled that he thought of me as one of the presenters for this incredible conference. Now, today we're going to be talking about, in specific, writers' conferences, why authors should be paying attention to writers' conferences and having a community around you to really support you on your journey as you become the inevitable success that you are going to become, right? So if you are someone who is interested in how to best become the next level version of you, you are going to want to listen to this podcast interview with me and Troy. It is going to not only encourage you to find a group of your own, but it's going to give you some insights into how you can start joining different conferences that are going to help you to level up your mindset, your author career, and overall the journey of becoming whatever type of successful author you want to be, including the millionaire author I know you're destined to be. All right, let's get into it. Well, hi, Troy. Welcome to the Author Revolution podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I'm totally laughing because we were giggling about uh, getting this thing started because we kind of started before we started. But now that we're here and we're actually starting, and I spoke a little bit in the introduction about you, about how we met, can you tell my audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Um, So I'm Troy Lambert. I am a freelance writer, although I'm doing less of that these days. I'm an editor. I'm a book coach. I'm the education lead for Plotter. And this year, I'm actually also the president of Idaho Writers Guild, which is something that's new for me, but that I've... I really care about writers, organizations, and writers, so volunteerism was something that's always been on my radar for something like this. Uh, this is just a step up in my volunteerism from uh, from some of the more minor stuff I've done to something that's actually a part-time job. So Awesome. Anyway. I love that. And sneaky, sneaky guy, you ha- actually were instrumental in inviting me sort of into becoming a speaker at the Idaho Writers Conference this year, which I had no idea about. I got, you know, this email from Sherry and was like, heck yeah, I'll, I'll come talk to you guys. And I find out well after the fact, <laughs> it was you being an instrumental hand in that. Thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> well, you're welcome. You're welcome. We can talk about that in a minute, about guests and stuff if you want, because I, I have ideas and I, I and I also want to tell people about that, how that's related to what cons you choose to go to. Absolutely. Um, so what is it yeah. then that drew you originally to writers' organizations, like, and, and the idea of volunteerism? So the first, like, the first big writers' conference I went to, like, I was, I was living in northern Idaho at the time, and I tell people if I had a writers' group at that time in my area, in my town, both of us would have come. Because um, we knew each other, but there were two. Like there were two. All now, two fortunately, people, okay. <laughs> now, fortunately, the other one was Frank Peretti, who is, if you're familiar with Frank Peretti and his wife Barbara, who writes children's books, um, they were practically my neighbors. They were right down wow. the road. So Frank is a super cool guy, right? But there was there was no. I'll just say that part of northern Idaho, the gene pool is relatively shallow. You don't want to dive in; you're going to hit your head, right? <laughs> and so. There weren't a lot of people who read, let alone that wrote books, right? This was an unusual thing. There was a very 
very limited intellectual stimulation. So I went to PNWA in Seattle, which if you're not familiar with their conference is, first of all, freaking incredible. It was a very expensive trip for a writer just starting out. I mean, it was going to Seattle. I took the whole family so they could go to the zoo and stuff while I was at the conference, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, and it's huge. But I walked into this room and I saw all those writers and my brain just like almost exploded because I was like, wait a minute, I'm not alone. Like I so probably the very first thing that was the most important about that conference was just a sudden camaraderie with people that were like me that I didn't know that I knew in some digital way existed on the other side of my Facebook wall, but I had never seen before. And I'd never experienced anything quite like that of walking into this room and everybody's friendly and everybody wants to talk to you. And it was, it was amazing. It was an absolutely amazing time because although I'm kind of on the introvert extrovert kind of balance, when I, when I get in a really unfamiliar situation, I tend to kind of be like, (laughs) and so it's weird. Like if I know people like, you know, when I go to, Vegas, 20 books, Vegas, which we'll talk about maybe in a minute. But like, when I go to that, like, I know lots of people. So I walk in, I'm like, I haven't seen you for a year. Yay. We're here. Right. Sure. Um, but if I go into an unfamiliar conference, I'm like, all right, who can I trust in this room? Like, who do I know? Now, fortunately, now that I've been doing this for a long time, I don't have that happen very often. Usually I know someone or someone knows me and it's okay. Right. But there are those moments when you're like, and and there's still those moments when, like, I live in a small town in Idaho where you're like, you feel like the only one here. I'm like, I'm really fortunate. When I go to Boise, people know who I am. But when I'm in Payette, nobody here reads. So nobody <laughs> knows who I am, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> the librarian, maybe. You right. know what I mean? But it's so, um, so, I mean, anyway, it's just, it's a different vibe. So the first thing is just that vibe of being around other writers. Like, man, that just blew my mind. But then the second thing, I know, I know I'm rambling on, but the second thing is the learning that happened there. Like I had never experienced classes like that before. Like I had taken online courses, I'd taken English courses, but I had never experienced classes in person with some of these people. I was like, man, that dude is amazing. You know, I took a workshop, my very first conference, I took a workshop from Donald Moss. So, you know, it was wow. like, you know, I was like, I went from nothing to the big leagues, like no transition, <laughs> dove right? <in. laughs> right? Just dove right in. But for me, what it, it was eye-opening because first of all, I'd learned, I knew there was so much more I needed to learn about the writing world, but I learned that there was a way for me to do that that was actually efficient and that also fed my need to feel a part of something larger than myself. That's really what drew me in. So ever since then, I've gone to different writing conferences all over the place. Some of them great some not so great. So sure. you know, there is that. There is that. Absolutely. So at what point in an author's career do you recommend them finally tinkering, tinkering? What is that a word? Taking the first step into like becoming uh, like someone who either joins an organization close to them or going to a writer's conference. Should it be at the beginning of their career or more when they're like got a little more of a clue? What do you think? I think it's, it's really before you publish your first book. Awesome. Now, this is with a caveat. Okay, be careful with critique groups when you're first starting out. Yes. Critique groups are kind of a different subject. We That's could a viper's probably den. What do, are you talking about? We That's could probably crazy. do an hour-long podcast on that because <laughs> yeah. like I'm a part of a right of a critique group that I've been a part of for like 10 years. Well, <laughs> 12, yeah, something over a decade, right? Yep. Same group, right? And we've had people come in and out of the group, but there are some people who just don't fit in the group. And sometimes it's not because of their writing not being at a certain level, but it's because they're literally vipers. Like yeah. they will criticize new writers to the point where new writers freeze and don't want to write. Absolutely. And that I cannot stand. Okay. So leaving critique groups aside and going to like <laughs> writers encouragement groups, part of that is, especially when you're first starting out, you feel alone. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that you feel, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but you're going to feel imposter syndrome. And what that means yes. is you're like, I haven't published anything, so I'm not really a writer yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and we all start out that way. Well, let me give you some news for everybody <laughs> listening. This is breaking news. Okay, everybody just <laughs> drop <laughs> everything else you're doing and tune in, right? 
right. um, imposter syndrome never goes away. Nope. Completely. Nope. And I wish I could tell you, like, I'm 30 <laughs> novels in and people are like, I'm like, first of all, I just wrote another first draft for Nano this year. I did a Nano challenge with my plotter peeps, wrote a first draft for Nano. Guess what? I wrote I a crappy it first too. draft. <laughs> because every first draft that you write is going to be crappy. 30 yes. novels in, it's going to be a different kind of crappy. You're going to find variety in your crap. But <laughs> it is that. going to be crappy, right? <laughs> Yes. Your imposter syndrome that you feel like because there's always somebody who's doing something that's a level above you. So I tell people, I'm not that big of a deal, right? Yeah, I speak at conferences. So I'm not that big of a deal. They go, you are a big deal. But that's because they're at a different level than sure. I am, right? But I look yeah. around and I see those people, those writing teachers and people that are around me that I admire, that I feel like I am not at their level yet. So when I walk into a room, it's hard for me to go, yeah, hi, I'm one of you guys. <laughs> but I am one of those guys, right? Yeah. But it's still difficult. It's still a challenge because you have that imposter syndrome. And so being a part of a group helps because you see that, are, first of all, there's other people that are dealing with imposter syndrome at different levels. But also you see that there are other people who are at your stage who are just starting out writing. There's people who have written 30 books. There are people who have written 100 books. You know, all of those different types of things, right? So you see that variety and you can see Oh, there, there actually is a place for me in this world. And that's really, really important because you have to have a motive, a why for doing this over and over. This writing thing is incredibly difficult. Still, yeah. it's incredibly difficult. And it's a I love it. process for sure. Oh, yeah. Love it. Wouldn't trade it for the world. It's the most amazing and awful job you will ever have <laughs> I, um, I to, to be a full-time <laughs> writer. It's just... It's just plain and simple. That's just the truth, right? Yes. And and so, first of all, it's good for people to tell you this, like that are experienced writers are good for you to hear this, that this is true. But it's also just good for you to have a community that you can rely on. So when you're feeling down, you can say, hey, Carissa, what's going on? I'm feeling like, you know, I'm a fraud and I can't write anything today. Can you talk me through that, right? When sure. you have friends that you can yeah. reach out to like that, it's awesome. Yes. It is absolutely awesome because you can get through those rough times because you've got to have that those core motivations under what you're doing or you're going to quit because it's yeah. easy to quit, easy to quit, hard to keep going. But if you are a true creative and a true writer and you quit, you are going to be a miserable person. For sure. So. See, I need to get some better people I can bitch to because I only have my friend Jenny that I'll, I usually turn to and she's like, suck it up, Chris. You're fine. Keep moving. <laughs> it's like, damn it. <laughs> She's not because she's not a writer. She's a PA. She's like, suck it up. Keep going. <laughs> I was like, dang it. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> you, you need those. You kind of need those people too. But there are times when you need that shoulder to cry and for somebody to say, yeah, I've had writer's block too. Because like I, had a, I have a friend of mine who and like I have this theory about writer's block. Okay. First okay. of all, you, your writer's block in some ways does not exist. I agree with that. And here's why. If you walk into a writing workshop or writer's conference and I'm standing up front as a writing teacher and I give everyone in the room a prompt, how many people are not going to write something? Zero, probably. Oh, everybody's going to write something because I gave them a prompt yeah. because I created the right environment. Yes. I created the right atmosphere and I gave them something to write about, right? So when people yeah. freeze in writing, they're having issues with it's other issues, generally speaking, with the exceptions of mental and physical illness. Sure. Okay. Those are excusable for writer's block. And I had a friend of mine that's had writer's, had writer's block for like three years. Wow. Because some of mental issues, some other things like that. Yeah. Three years. So me saying writer's block doesn't exist wasn't a super helpful thing to him. Sure. What was helpful to him is, what are you doing to deal with your depression? How are you feeling today? What's yeah. happening? Now he came out of it and his writing went That's right great. and exploded. Like yeah. he's doing all kinds of stuff, right? But you need, sometimes you need that friend that's just there for you that says, Hey man, I know you're going through the stuff. What do you need and how can I help you? And that's what yeah. you find in those writers groups and writing communities. You're not going to find somebody else like that because your boss at work, <laughs> if you have a day job, is going <laughs> to tell you to suck it up. Hey, yep. man, you're flipping burgers. I don't give a rip about whether you're writing a novel or not. <laughs> yes. Right? He doesn't care because it doesn't impact him, right? Sometimes your spouse gets a little impatient, 
because they're like, okay, what are you doing with this writing thing? And and there's there's an answer to that, and I can give you that later. But anyway, <laughs> maybe there's there's an answer to that. But anyway, but there there's this this huge benefit to being a part of a community. And your local writers group, what it also tells you is there are not only people that are like me, but there are people near me who are like me. Yes. Like when I moved down to Boise, my career took an amazing turn that I didn't know it was going to take. I didn't move down here for my career. I moved down here for other reasons, for my writing career. I moved down here for other reasons. I was doing fine where I was at. I was working at home. I had a sweet gig, you know, but my wife at the time was not like she, she was not. So we moved here for her career. We ended up, that didn't work out the best, but anyway, that's another long story. But for me, because what happened for me though, was suddenly I was in a writing community and I was like, oh, there actually is a community and they do outside of Facebook. Yeah. These people do exist. They're real. They breathe. They do all kinds. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. They can, they can have coffee. They can eat. They can drink beer. Uh, and that friend of mine I was talking about, like, we met in a critique group 13 years ago. I'm just going to give up his name. Okay. I'm just going to tell tell on him if he hears this, I guess he'll be all right with it. His name's Jim Lambert. My name's Troy Lambert. Uh huh. We have the same last name, not related. Okay. And I mean, we checked. Like, <laughs> we checked. And we've been best friends for like 10 years, right? More than 10 years now. It's kind of freaky. But anyway. Um, <laughs> And met a writer's group, right? But I met a guy with my same last name who now I've written books together with, who I've edited his books, who I've worked with, not only as a friend, but in the writing aspect for like 10 years. You know, um, another one of my best friends is in my critique group with me. Like we, like, I love her. Like, I love her. My wife calls her my girlfriend, right? (laughs) And she's not really. She's married. She has kids. She's not really my girlfriend, but my wife's like, you going out with girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, I'm going out with girlfriend, whatever, <laughs> you know, um, but those are some of my best friends and my best writing buddies. Like her and I both, when we get stuck or we have a problem, we just turn to each other automatically. It yep. automatically happens because we're a part of that community. So yep. that community aspect is super important. That's the very first thing when you're a new writer is, is community, 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 because that can be your motivator. You're not yet motivated by money. Um, right. You're not like me where you're like, I'm doing this full time and I have to eat. So I better finish this book. Right. <laughs> right. You know, you're not at that stage yet, but you will get there more than likely. You know, oh, yeah. And when you do, um, if you continue to pursue this and you want to do it as a live as a as writing for a living, which is, you know, something we can talk about. But anyway, but that that is so super important to have that mo- that background motivation, because if I was just doing this for money, I would actually be miserable. I would hate it because there's easier things you can do for money. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. You can buy RV, buy an RV, learn some chemistry, <laughs> buy a couple of car washes, something your family can get behind. Are you going breaking, you know? breaking bad on this, me here? Is that what's happening? I, I'm going breaking bad on you. I'm going breaking bad on you. But this writing thing is tough, man. I mean, because <laughs> it's tough for your family too, because this is not a normal job. You know, um, there are some weeks when it is more normal. There was like last week where I was like swamped the first of the year, everything exploded. Yep. I was doing tons of stuff. I was on my computer more than 60 hours last week. Crazy. You know, my wife put up with that. Sure. I mean, I mean, well, she's kind of a workaholic too. So it's, it's kind of cool. We <laughs> so balance off each other. We're like, all right, it's fine. Whatever. We're like six o'clock. What do you want to do for supper? Yeah, we're bloodshot <laughs> eyes. Did we go grocery <sighs> shopping? <laughs> bloodshot eyes. Do dogs still want to be fed? I don't know. They're going nuts over there. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but um, so you know, it's just, it's a tough thing to do. So you need that background support and you need to know more of a why than just money. Like you can't be going through this with the idea, I want to be a best-selling author and that's my goal. And that's my why, because that why is not going to sustain you on those days when it's really hard, really bad. But that writing community is certainly going to help. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah. When I first got into my writing community here, it was it was kind of by accident because I was a freelance writer as well doing freelance stuff. And I ended up helping the woman who was moderating the the group, which I didn't even know existed in our, our local area. And she needed help with the website. And so I was just coming in as a freelancer helping with the website. I'm like, oh yeah, hey, I actually have written two books at that point. I had written two books. I could totally help with that. And so we were working on that together. Next thing I know, I'm invited to the group that was like in two weeks. And from there, it was like, it just expanded. I ended up taking over the group, becoming president. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. But it was a lot of fun because you get to, you have that community of people where 
like you said, you don't, you don't realize you're surrounded by others who are in this same mindset. And even if they have a different genre that they're working on, or if there's a different type of writing, some of them were writing um, like historical stuff where it was literally nonfiction, historical stuff. They were going through old journals Ooh. and things, you know, it was really cool. And so you get a, a neater perspective, I guess, on what being a writer looks like by be, being around and interacting with all these different types of writers. It's really cool. Oh, for sure. And I mean, let's talk about that for a minute, because here's the other thing that like, so 20 Books Vegas, we've both gone to 20 Books Vegas, right? Yep. And I see people that are new writers coming to that group looking for a magic bullet from these best-selling authors, right? And so we'll let you in on a secret. Okay, Chris and I will probably <laughs> agree on this. I'm betting. Probably. There's no magic bullet. No. There's no <laughs> magic bullet. Okay? Unfortunately, it's just keep um, knowledging up. <laughs> keep the path up. is different for everyone. So you'll look at there and there's like four or five different big, overall big business models right? Sure. You know, I'm going to do direct sales. I'm going to go wide. I'm going to go all in KU, whatever the case may be. And some of you that are new writers listen to this, you may not even know what all that stuff means. It doesn't even matter. Because what the truth is, is underneath every one of those big umbrellas of writing business models, there is another, there are hundreds of small ones of the way people have taken things and made it their own. Yep. And so it's helpful for you to be a part of a community to see that there is no one answer. So when you decide, well, man, I really can't do Facebook. I hate Mark Zuckerberg and I think he's a total twat and I don't want to be on his platform. <laughs> Mark, don't kick me off. Leave my ads account alone. Right? Leave it alone. Yeah, leave, leave it alone. alone. <laughs> leave it alone. It's, it's just okay, an example. Mark. It's just an example. Love you. Love you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, no. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. <laughs> anyway. But let's yeah. say you just hate Facebook or you hate social media altogether. There are other platforms to sell books. So everyone that tells you, oh, you have to have a presence on every social media platform. I don't know about when you started out, but when <laughs> I started out, an indie author thing was just barely taking off. And this was Same. would date me by saying how long ago that was. But anyway, so but everybody said you have to be on every social media platform, at least have a presence there. Right. Right. You yeah. have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do that. Anybody, any, anytime anybody tells you you have to do something as part of your career, they're probably wrong. Yeah. Like, right. You don't have to. <laughs> you can, but yeah. you don't have to. So there's, there's a, there's a not so subtle difference there. Right. Oh, I agree. A, yeah. a huge difference there. But by being a part of a community, you can see that people are doing it differently than you. Some people write every day. Some people binge write. They don't write all week. And then on Saturday, they write 10,000 words. Yep. Some people, you know, some people write a page a day. They're, they're writing 250 words a day, and that's all that they're writing. But at the end of the year, they have a book, 365 pages. Yeah. There Absolutely. you go. There you have it, right? Um, there's some people that edit as they go. There's some people that plan their books ahead of time. I happen to be a plotter. I didn't used to be a plotter, though. I used to be a panther to sit down with an idea and write it and see what happened. Um, yep. That didn't work out really well. <laughs> anyway, but I completely understand that one. I started yeah. there as well. <laughs> yeah, there's some novels I wrote in college. But the last time I saw them, they were on a three and a half inch floppy drive. You know, the ones with the little kid. Yep. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's your save icon on your computer, 3D printed. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> nice. okay, <laughs> and they were in WordPerfect five, which I don't think you can convert anymore. I think it's just dead. It's just gone. Probably and is, yeah. For the love of all that is holy, I hope so, because those novels <laughs> were horrible. But anyway, so <laughs> they don't deserve to ever see the light of day. But anyway, so, but all that being said is, is like at that time, especially if I had more of a community that was surrounding me that would have told me, hey, it's actually okay to write some bad first drafts and actually just throw them away and don't ever try to publish them. And like, what a novel concept. Like I've written right. stuff now that I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So guess what I'm going to do with it? Nothing. I mean, I don't like doing that now because this is a way to make a living. So that's wasted yeah. hours and time and words. But if something is just not working, set it aside you until trying you have to make it work. Yeah. Like, wait until you have some yeah, set it aside or go to your group and say, Hey man, I've got this thing, like I've got this crazy series that I'm starting this year. And what I did, one of the things I did at 20 books at the community, because it's in a different genre for me, I'm blending, I'm blending mystery and thriller with romantic comedy. That's so what awesome. did I do at 20 <laughs> books, right? There's a whole bunch of rom romance writers, right? 
Yeah. And so I went to the Romance Writers Meetup. Here's me. Nice. <laughs> looking kind of looking ca- like kind of I'm law. You, right? Did you have your crown when you went? Your I did tiara? not have a crown. Well, I did not on, have right? a tiara. <laughs> I was I was actually brokenhearted. I told someone I do not have a tiara, and she was like, "Well, next year I will bring you one." So oh, next year I might. But anyway, okay, so great. I went up to these romance writers and I said, "Hey, I have this crazy idea. Is this marketable, or is it? Am I being really stupid?" Right? And they were like, yeah. "Oh no." that's marketable one of them said hey i'm happy to write that series with you i'm like come along we have lots of titles to cover right (laughs) and i'm still looking for people other people to jump into that series romance writer you want to jump into a fun series email me we'll talk all right but anyway um (laughs) too cool but you know what i mean i mean so because this is the kind of person that i am i'm just like i'm everybody get involved let's do community 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 but what i did was i had a built-in community there that could answer my questions yep Right. And so what did I do? Well, instead of holding back, I just went into that community and said, hey, listen, I, I'm this is not my normal thing that I do. I've edited romantic comedy. I know about romance. I know how to make it work. But is this something that would work? Right. Right. Um, but and they were able to answer that for me in a way that intellectually I was saying, I think this is a good idea. Yeah. But how do I know? Well, I know from my community, from the people around me who are there to support me and say, yeah. hey, there is something for that. So community is super important. Community. Absolutely. And it's validating um, so, your idea. It, within that. Yeah, for sure. Probably the second half of that that we have, like I've been harping on community, but the second half of that is education. Yep. Education. And so I, I want to say this carefully because I've said it very flippantly before. And then the host of the podcast actually had an MFA. Um, so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do here. Yes. Go. Carry uh, on. <laughs> so, so what I mean by getting education as a writer is, I mean, there's all kinds of things you need to learn about the business and the craft of writing. And I don't mean to go to college. And most of the time I mean, seriously, don't go to college. Right. Because it's a completely like, different animal. For sure. Not for this. Now, if you want to go get your business degree yep. to learn how to handle that, because some of the best writers I know were once lawyers. Um, because here's crazy. my yeah. Here's my take on law school. Okay. Going to law school, passing the board, and practicing law for two to five years is a great way to find insert your passion here. Okay. <laughs> and then you leave law. you go to there are people that stay in law but there are so many people that i've known that they went they did all the law school stuff but the beauty of it is they come out with a business understanding okay so nothing wrong with college for getting a business understanding you don't have to go to college to get that yep but hey there's nothing wrong with some business savvy and some business knowledge i got it through years of experience yeah um as a manager and in other jobs before i was able to write full-time so I have a lot of ex- business experience. So that was very helpful for me, right? That's very helpful coming into the writing business. Um, but it is a completely different business than any other business you have ever worked in. So you need to learn about the publishing industry. Yeah. The way you're going to do that is conferences and people who know. Yeah, right? exactly. You can only go so far with blogs. You can only go so far with courses. Not that there's anything wrong with courses. You know, I'm developing some courses right now. Courses are great. Courses yeah. are amazing. But that in per- there's something about that in-person learning and being able to go, somebody says something, you raise your hand and go, I have a question. There's a guy at 20 Books, Joe Solari, if you haven't read his books, amazing dude, right? Um, I have a couple appointments already on the calendar with Joe for this year to make my business even better. That's right? awesome. And I've been doing this a long time. Like This is not something that's new to me, yeah. but I'm constantly looking to improve. So that's the other aspect is education. You're going to meet people like Joe. You're going to meet people that like Carissa. You're going to meet people like me that know what we're doing and we're willing to share that knowledge with you. And in a conference setting, you get that knowledge much cheaper than if you call me up and say, hey, Troy, I want to consult with you. I'm like, okay, start the clock and get out your your credit card, right? At this <laughs> right. Point. Because, and it's not that I don't want to give away information for free. It's that, first of all, people don't value it if I do. Absolutely. And they, they tend not to take it if I do. If they pay for it, they tend to listen to what I have to say. And the other part is, clear day, I like to eat. My wife likes nice things. I mean, but I mean, the truth of the matter is this, too, is that you're, to a certain extent, you're going to pay for advice. But when you go to a conference, you get an opportunity to get some of that advice for free. 
And if you want to, like, there were people at 20 books that are like, hey, where are you and Jim going? We'd say, hey, we're going over to this bar. And they're like, all right. And they just went with us. Like, we ended up with this entourage of people that went with us. And while yeah. we're eating and drinking, they're asking us questions, right? Yeah. I don't say, well, let's start the clock. <laughs> Get out your wallet. No, yeah. because we're at a conference, right? We're, it's yep. in a casual environment where you can get, you can talk to people and get answers and things you couldn't get otherwise without paying for them. Well, it's so, so nice having all those different perspectives too. Cause when you're at a conference, it's not oh, just one person speaking. It's a whole host of them speaking. You're getting different intakes sometimes of the same topic and you can go, okay, well, these two people said things exactly opposite. Oh, yeah. well, there must be something in the middle or maybe a completely different way to do it for myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you think about it, like you pay 250 bucks to go to a conference, let's say 250 bucks. I know writers conference, 250 bucks, I think for non-members, 199 for members or 197 for members. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway. Right. Go to our website, figure it out. I'm the president. I don't know what the hell things cost. (laughs) Um, But anyway, you're the visionary. You don't have to have the (laughs) detailed stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But, but the thing is this, like, okay, you come to that and you can meet people like Carissa, you can meet Claire Taylor, you can meet Becca Sime. There's all kinds of people that are going to be there that you can meet. That like if you went to each of those individually and said, hey, I'd like to take an hour of your time and talk about this, it's going to be 75 an hour for each one of those people or more yeah. for each one of those people. You take one of their courses, it's a couple hundred dollars just for their course, just for one course. And I mean, hey, spoiler alert, I took a course from Claire Taylor on Monday. Nice. Right? What I'm saying to you is I'm constantly learning, right? To everyone listening, I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly taking classes. But it is much cheaper for me to go up to Claire at a conference and say, hey, man, let me take you to lunch. Right. And yeah. let's talk about sevens with an eight wing because <laughs> I'm figuring myself out still. Right. You know? I mean, you know what I mean? So you get these opportunities that you would not get otherwise. Like I've sat down with Robert Dagoni. I've sat down with Lee Child. I've sat down with like, oh, and I was having the discussion. Okay. okay so at a conference, I got to tell you about this opportunity because it was amazing, right? Okay. I'm at LTUE in Utah, which I go to every year. And as a result, I know some big name authors from Utah. You probably know some of them too. And some of them I knew before they became big name authors. Awesome. Right? Type of thing, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting at LTUE this last year and I'm waiting for a friend of mine because he's in a, he went into one of the rooms that wasn't occupied to take a call because we're both like, both of us are running businesses while we're at this conference, right? So we're like, we want to go to dinner. And he's like, I got to finish this call. And I know he's a long-winded son of a... Anyway, <laughs> he talks... He, he's like me. He talks for a long time, right? So I'm sitting in the hallway, and I sit down at a table with two pretty well-known authors. And we both, we all three start talking about the state of publishing and how it's changed and how that's impacted our income over the last couple of years. Okay. Now, you may know who these two authors are. One of them was Brandon Sanderson... Awesome. The I other one was Kevin. Name by now. <laughs> the other one was Kevin J. Anderson. Now this was wow. before Brandon hit, did his Kickstarter and hit forty million things. But Kevin J. Anderson and I were talking about the price of printing books and how that has gone up and how the turnaround times have changed yeah. and how that's impacted how we are selling our books and making money. How many times do you think that you are going to get the opportunity to sit down with Kevin J. Anderson and Brandon Sanderson together at the same table and talk about the state of publishing. Please tell now, me you, you might not, that, by the way. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, no, that's right. I didn't. No, I've known, I've known both of them a long time. The thing is like, I knew that when Brandon was like, you know, just like starting out, like, I mean, I've, I've had these impacts with people. Dave Farland is one of my favorite writing teachers. He passed away last year. Like I was able to take, tons of classes from Dave, but not only that, but I was able to get to know him as a person. Now I know him. I I knew him. I know his family. uh, You know, I know his kids. I know the people that have taken over his, his teaching business from him. I know all of them because I've had this opportunity to sit down with the guy that was like the visionary for writers of the future. The guy who discovered basically who discovered Harry Potter Wow, you know, that is the so slush cool. pile of Scholastic. They had already been published for a year. They sent him a box of books and said, what do you think we should promote this year? And he he went through all the books and he said, you should promote Harry Potter. And they said, the marketing department hates Harry Potter. And he said, nope. He said, here's an outline of a plan of what you should do to market this book this holiday season. They did it and Harry Potter became what Harry Potter became. Holy crap, that's so right? cool. But, I, but so I've... 
I've, I've went to lunch with this dude, right? <laughs> this, it's not like there are big name people. That I've just, I've just gone to lunch with them or I've sat in a bar with them and talked to them or whatever the case may be. Right. And it, you just get these opportunities. Like, um, so like before the writers, I have a writer's conference this year on Thursday, when Thursday, yep. Thursday, Thursday is a class um, <laughs> with Robert Dagoni, with Robert Dagoni, right? Yeah. And you get to take his fiction masterclass that he teaches around the country and around the world for like a hundred bucks, something like that. Is it a hundred bucks? I yeah, think so. Bucks. Yeah. But anyway, so it's, so you can go to our website, iowriterskill.org and check it out, right? But when else are you going to get a chance to sit in a room with Bob Tagoni and go and perhaps go to lunch with him and spend time with the dude? Right. You don't get to do that. Right. Yeah. That isn't something that just happens. You know, I mean, I've been fortunate to be able to do that with him a couple of times. The only way I did it was by going where he was going to conferences where he was. Absolutely. He wasn't coming to my house. Right? <laughs> At least not yet. <laughs> I mean, there's some of these people that are coming to my house, but he's not one of them. Okay. <laughs> right. Like there's some, I know some world and people that come to my house, but he's not, he's not one of them. Right. You know, I, my Frank Peretti story, I, when Frank finished one of his books, there's a video somewhere of him and I jumping on his trampoline. <laughs> You're not allowed to go look for it. You're not allowed to find it. Um, so everybody, you know what you need to do now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> But it was super fun, right? Uh, you know, but you, you're sitting down with people who are like masters of this craft and you get an opportunity to talk to them. That's you so know, cool. you get an, an opportunity not only to look at writing software, but talk to the people that created it. Yep. Or talk to the people that know it more intimately than anyone else. And you get a chance to sit down and talk with them. And so there's, there's just all kinds of these opportunities that you get for education there. You get to take little snippets of classes that like will blow your mind. I mean, you always come home with conference overload. Oh, yeah. Like, but it's so motivating. I still do. Yeah. I still do. So what I try to do is go in and find a few takeaways of these are things I'm actually going to take action on like right now. And these are things that I love the fact that I learned about them. And I have to pace them out somehow because you, you're going to want to come home and do everything. You're not yep. going to be able to do it. And you're going to come home from, you know, a conference. You're going to see some writer who he did all these things and follow all these steps. Now he retired his wife and his wife is now not working and just helps him hand, run his writing business. And so you're going to go home and you're going to tell your spouse, hey, babe, you know what? <laughs> you really get on board with this writing thing. I can retire you. And you know what your spouse is going to say? Especially your spouse is like mine. I'm, I'm, uh, my risk window is super wide, right? Like okay. I'm like. Let's try it and see what happens. <laughs> My wife is like, no, she she couldn't gamble. If you, I mean, there's just you could get her to gamble. You know, we were in Vegas. She wouldn't put five bucks in a slot machine. I'm like, look, the Jeff Foxworthy penny machine. She's like, that is such a waste. You know, I'm so. You know what I mean? We're like, kind of like look, her. She's, we, we literally took twenty bucks and was like, when this is gone, it's gone. <laughs> Oh yeah. Like I didn't gamble hard at all. I don't like to gamble either, but, but like when it comes to like business decisions, I'm like, well, yes, there's some risk there, but you know, I'm willing to take a gamble because I think this is something that's going to work out. My wife is like, she works for the state of Idaho. She has a pension. She has, I, even if I got a movie contract tomorrow and I was suddenly rolling in millions of dollars, my wife would be like, yeah, I'm not retired until I'm 62. I'm gonna be keep this pension. <laughs> She's, got She's gotta be sure, right? There's a there's a sure plan. Yep. I'm like, whatever, you know. <laughs> so it's a good balance, right? But your spouse may not be the one that wants to be on board with that and suddenly retire themselves and just work for you. That right. may not be something that you guys can work out. So just come home with a realistic vision of what you can do after a conference, but go and get that education. It's so cheap. That's why I tell you it's so cheap. Like, okay. And the other thing I was going to talk to you about, we have a, we have a workshop coming up with Jessica Brody oh, who yes. wrote Save the Cat Writes a Novel, right? Yep. Listen, you can attend from anywhere and it's $47 for non-members, $47 for two hours of her time. That's amazing. Now, part of that is because Jessica and I did a couple of webinars together and we become friends now because we're both plot geeks. Shocking. So story structure geeks, <laughs> I know it's shocking. I know it's shocking. <laughs> but we're both story structure geeks, right? So we're like, ah, you know, right. so we're like, ooh, no story structure. Let's sit down and analyze it, you know? Yes. Um, so 
but anyway, so that's part of it. But another part of it is just that we as an organization are able to bring this person in in a way that you couldn't. You can go and you can join her school. You can hire her for consulting. All of those things are going to be expensive. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. Maybe once you take a workshop from her, you'll go, hey, man, maybe I really do want to take that Save the Cat school that's a really in-depth class and tears everything right. apart, right? Maybe you do want to do that. But... I mean, at least now you know that you like her. Yes. Did you, you like her teaching, teaching style? style. Did you get yes. a taste of that? You know, like I say, same thing with Carissa. Uh, uh, with Carissa. Same thing with you. Same yes. thing with Claire. Same thing with a lot of the people that are at a conference is you get a taste of their teaching style and you go, is this a person I could learn from? Right. Because like Claire is just, you know, she's a very casual, down-to-earth person. She's doing her course. She's drinking wine. Every now and then there's a little, <laughs> there's a little cuss bomb that falls into the course, you know? Um <laughs> And that's cool as long as you're cool with that, right? But yep. I mean, so I love her courses, but there are people that will not like that, okay? Because sure. it's not the professional school teacher up there. I don't teach that way either. But anyway, but we're um, creatives. It's like yeah, give some creative people. But yeah, here, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're generally speaking, we're creative people. We're all over the map anyway. But you know, there's people that you're going to resonate with more than others. Absolutely. You know, I, I tell people there are people that don't like my book. It's amazing. <laughs> There are people that don't like my teaching and don't like my videos. That's amazing too. Right? Did you know that I am not for everyone? Oh, wow. You said that, Troy. That just can't be real. Huge <laughs> revelation, right? No. It, you're going to resonate more with some teachers than you do with others. And those are the teachers you need to take classes from. Yeah. Because they're, part of that is a personality fit is going to enable you to learn more. Yeah. Because you're going to be absorbing better exactly. what it is that they're saying because they're going to be reaching you on a level that you can relate to absolutely so um so a conference gives you a taste of all of those things and it gives you just tons of information to go okay what am i doing with my writing career where am i going with that as long now, as you don't spiral into that whole what am i doing with my life thing and then you have no clue oh no. <laughs> no 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 find, find some direction <laughs> yeah. find some direction now, here's my here's my caveat thing, though, for people that say, well, you know, I can't spend that much money on that because I'm not making money from my writing yet. Yep. Okay. Here's how you compare it. If your spouse plays golf, right? This is an analogy I use all the time. <laughs> Mine does not. <laughs> your, well, your spouse is cool, though. He's a cool He's guy. He's buying new tools. That's his advice. There you go. Okay. But see, okay. So we can use tools, too. We can use tools. We can use golf. We can use anything, right? Right. Who, whoever you know has a hobby, right? Now, some of those people might eventually want to turn that hobby into something to make business, make money from. Yep. So they say, well, you know, I do a little word working on the side, but I can sell these cool little signs that I'm making, right? Yep. But they're not selling them yet. They're still taking painting lessons. They're still buying equipment yep. that they need to make their job work. They're still going and gathering with people at craft fairs and other places that are related to what they're doing. Or like a golf, I'm like, you may not be a pro golfer, but you're going to go enter your local golf tournament. And if you do really well there and you're the best player at your club, you might even go up to the Pro-Am Tour. You're still not making a living, but <laughs> you're making some of your money back that you've invested in golf. Sure. Right? But you've invested in clubs, lessons, you go out and golf on a regular basis. Even if writing is just your hobby, you are allowed to go to gatherings with other writers and spend money on doing that. You are allowed to buy tools and software and computers and things that make your hobby easier for you. Yeah. Okay. Whether you're making money or not, you are allowed to take lessons and learn more about that and spend money on those lessons because quite honestly first of all not everyone should try to write for a living it changes the dynamic it's like people telling my wife that she makes wonderful pizza so she should open a restaurant <laughs> two completely different skill sets and completely different things right yeah. and you know how to make a small fortune with a restaurant right oh sure start totally. with a start with a large one start with a large one you yeah. can make a small fortune that way anyway so it, kind of same thing with publishing, but anyway, we'll talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> but no, so so you are allowed to do those things and work towards that without going, without your spouse going. Have you published yet? You can go. Have you won the? Are you on the PGA tour yet? You know. Well, and there's always you other sold? options too. You can get grants. You can get help from like your local. Oh community. yeah. 
all sorts of things you can do to help you go to the conferences. Exactly. Yeah, there are grants, there are scholarships um, to most conferences. Um, we're having at least one scholarship this year, maybe a couple. And we always do this type of thing because we want, here's the thing from my, from my writing heart to everyone else's writing heart is I want you to succeed. Yes. Like I tell people about plotter. Okay, look, I'm a big plot nerd and I love the software plotter, right? And I think there are many ways that you can use it from planning your novel to revising it to using it during the writing process. And I developed a process that makes me efficient and works for me, right? Yeah. And you can come to me and adopt that software and say, look, I've created this beautiful plotter file, right? And you can show me your outline and all of your planning and your characters all fleshed out. And I'd be like, that's nice. Where's the book that you wrote with this? <laughs> okay. The yep. plotter is a tool that gets you to a point where you're writing a book, right? Conferences are a tool and an education system that's designed to support your writing. Yes. So if you show me your beautiful outline and plotter file and the first draft that you finished using that, I'm going to be way happier. <laughs> Than if you just show me your pretty plotter file. I agree with because that. Because yeah. that, my heart is, I believe that people have stories to tell and that they should bring those stories into the world and tell them. And whether that means that your family reads them and you do this as a hobby and your family reads them and maybe you throw them up on Amazon and make a few dollars or whether you decide I'm all in and I want to do this for a living and I want to go crazy like Troy. Well, okay. <laughs> then you can do that too, right? You can do any of those level of thing. And there's all kinds of levels between that, right? Yeah. Um, but you can do those things. You have permission to do those things, but you need to just embrace that in and of, a, of yourself. But I want you to succeed whatever you think that success looks like. That means community. That means education. That means, which means conferences, which means that you're probably going to spend some money, um, turn it into a family vacation. Oh, yeah. You know, when sure. I went to PNWA, I just brought the kids. I was like, you guys go have fun while I'm in conference. And when more... I'm at a conference. <laughs> you oh, are way, was... like, way better than we are. We're like, no, no kids. No kids. They can oh, see no. grandmas. <laughs> after that one time, after that one time, we always planned vacations that were separate from writers' conferences. Because yeah. that, the kids were very much, where is dad? What's happening? <laughs> they were young at the time, too. Sure. So anyway. But you know, so that doesn't always work out, but you can, if your spouse is open to that, I mean, bring them along, yeah. make a trip of it, have fun, right? Because the whole idea behind this whole writing thing too, is to have fun. When you stop having fun, well, why are you doing it? It's kind of like golf. Like the reason I don't golf, let me, so I'll just tell you the reason I don't golf. Sure. I'm a competitive person, right? <laughs> I have not and I know that, that if I, <laughs> that if I try golf, like I have tried golf, but I haven't really like tried golf like i tried golf bought the clubs started going to the thing and all that stuff i would be obsessed with getting better at golf mm -hmm. <laughs> which means i would have to play more and spend more time and like right now i don't have the time to spend on golf so i know what would happen is golf would turn into a frustration instead of a recreational activity for me sure yeah i don't want to frustrate myself right like i yeah you know my life is busy enough i have enough things to do I don't need to feel frustrated by something that's supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. So this is, don't allow writing to become frustrating for you. Back off, take it a little less seriously and, and get the fun back into it. Because honestly, when you're not having fun, you're not going to make, you're not going to make money at it. You're not going to enjoy it no, it's, be because your readers aren't going to enjoy it. Because there's one of like one of my capital city murder books, like I phoned it in. I totally confess that I phoned it. I'm not going to tell you which one if you read them, but <laughs> if you read them, you can probably tell. Sure. Like which one you that I wrote. At that level? I, initially, when I wrote them, I was writing them with another author. And we were writing every other one. Okay. And then he, his wife had some health problems, and he had to drop out of the series. He's an older guy, so I took over the series. Well, I got to the fourth one that I wrote by myself. I shouldn't have said that. Now I. Totally <laughs> Scratch that. Anyway, knows. <laughs> scratch that. Nobody knows. I didn't say that. And I was literally, I was burned out on the character and the stories and, and you know, the stuff like that. And I phoned it in, right? And sure. now there are people that love that book, right? But there was one reviewer that says, it feels like we were just going through the motions. <laughs> 
And I wanted to email her so bad and go, I was. (laughs) You called me out, man. You called me out. Can you delete that, please? Um, I think all of us kind of get to to that point with some of the things, though. That's why I'm switching gears myself this year and and testing the waters with like straight up romance, because it's just I feel like, you know, at 20 books in, it's like now I need to do something just a palate cleanse for a bit and make it fun again. So I totally get yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah. And part of this was so I'm going to go back to this book that's right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> yes. I got hold on. Right. Okay. Part of that is that I, what I did once I went through that book, I understood. I'm like, oh, that's why I didn't like that character. Oh. It's, it's completely an opposing personality type to mine. And so what I was doing was because the other author created the main character. I was trying to write to his main character, which was more of his personality type and not mine. Okay. And it didn't work super well. Oh, like okay. it Because you can tell who wrote which book because of the way the character acts. Because wow. there's some inconsistencies in character. So I'm like, you know what I need to do? And so I've thought about this for a while. So I'm actually, I'm still going to continue that series. But one of the main characters is no longer going to be the main character. That and the sense. reason is because... The personality doesn't fit mine. And so I'm not, if I continue to try to write into that box, I'm going to hate it. But this is another thing that you learn by going to conferences is you learn what's happening that's not good. Like, yeah. and sometimes you can pinpoint it. Like through that education, through that community, you can pinpoint, oh man, this is what I was doing wrong. And it's something you're not going to necessarily see on your own. And maybe your critique group or your friend group will see it, but maybe they won't. Yeah, so oh, yeah. it's like you they don't... can see there's something wrong, but they don't know how to describe it to you or whatever. Where if you go to a conference, they like Becca Symes, she might be able to tell you, well, here's why, because your sex archetype isn't this, you know? It's like, there's all, yeah. these, all these things that you never really thought of. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually just amazing. So, I mean, all of that to say that, first of all, you should go to conference. Now, of course, I'm going to run my ad here and go, you I should guess. go to the Idaho oh. Writers Conference. I Boise, agree. Right. Um, <laughs> first of all, Boise is a pretty cool city. I actually live in a small town near the Oregon border. So I'm like an hour away from Boise, but I'm staying in Boise that weekend because Barcon's going to be epic for one. Um, <laughs> because there's a bunch of my friends there. Um, and by the way, Barcon is also the, this is the third part of conferences is Barcon. And what I mean by Barcon, it's, it's the meetings that happen after the meetings. So there's the casual time when you just go to the bar. Well, if you go to the hotel bar where everybody else, or just ask people, hey, man, where are you going after this for dinner or for the bar or whatever, right? Like like I said, in Vegas, like Jim and I just had an entourage. Like we went from four <laughs> people going with us to now we have 15. We're like party of 15. And the people are like, where do we, what? What? Like, where do we put you, you know? <laughs> but, but we had a plan. Like we worked it out, right? But even when we went to Gordon Ramsay, we like started with four. Suddenly there were 10. You know, it's it just people gather on. They're like, you're going there. We want to go there. All right, come along. Yeah. You know, and so you have that community. But in BarCon, so pe- first of all, people are drinking and relaxing after the conference. And you can talk to them in a very casual way about their writing life, writing and what's what's happening. BarCon, always go to BarCon. Plan to when you go to conferences. When I go to Vegas, I leave my room at about 637 in the morning and I get back about 11. Oh my gosh. Every night, usually. That's usually my routine. <laughs> I just don't, I don't sleep. Um, and this year I did nano. So I got up at, at like 6.30 and went down to the coffee shop and hid in a corner and did nano. So yeah, no I one would bother you. me. <laughs> I know you did. More than one person spotted me. More than one person <laughs> spotted me. But yeah, I, but still, it was it was a great deal of fun. But yeah, just plan on on not sleeping, spending a lot of time out there. But anyway, so I, I would encourage you to come to Boise because, first of all, we have a huge slate of speakers um, this year that are absolutely just astounding. Yeah. Um, we have Carissa. Please. We have Claire Taylor. We have Becca Sines. Um, we have, um, and our keynote speaker the second day is uh, Craig Johnson. So great. Wrote Longmire, the Longmire series. He's coming over from Wyoming because he wants to get out of his town where there's 27 people. Um, <laughs> so you talk about a small writing community. But anyway, um, <laughs> You know, he's so, got I mean, me beat by a couple. <laughs> yeah, he got you beat by a few. But yeah, yeah, you know, there's, but seriously, like, there's, there's just a whole bunch of great speakers coming. If you can come to the Bob Dagoni workshop the day before, I highly recommend it. I know that that creates a big, you know, a, a big chunk that you're paying up front. But 
Um, first of all, you can join the Idaho Writers Guild and then you get a discount off of it anyway. And honestly, here's the deal. So the Writers Guild membership, 50 bucks. Your discount on the conference is 50 bucks. So if you, then if you do the Jessica Brody thing that happens before that, you'll actually save another 20 bucks. So you'll pay for your membership and then you get you can come to other virtual events we have later in the year and get a discount on those because That's you know awesome. you're already a member. So yeah. even if you're not from Idaho, it almost if you're going to come to the conference, it almost makes sense to just join the Writers Guild, get your initial discount, um, get your discount on Bob Degoni. By the time you get those two discounts, then you're great. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pub, push an ad for that. And for education, I'm just gonna push that we're we're having a seminar with Jessica Brody that is going to be awesome. Like I. I did a one hour webinar with her. And then this is what happens because Jessica is like me. Like after the one hour webinar we did, we stayed for about 35 ish minutes answering questions. Right. Um, So you're going to get some workshop elements, but what I'm betting is that between Jessica and I, you're going to have a huge Q and a period where you can ask us stuff about like, how does this work and how do you do this? And how does this work with this? And what we do, because we're nerds, we just answer them because we like, <laughs> uh, and I mean, it's it's super fun, but you're going to get more than 47 bucks worth of education by coming to the Jessica Brody workshop. And you can come from anywhere, come in your pajamas and there's a replay. So if you're not there live, maybe you'll miss out on some of the Q&A stuff and things like that, but you can do the workshop stuff on your own later, whatever the case may be. But that one's, that one's on March 11th at noon, noon to two. Noon to two. And it's I'll make sure link in the show notes too. So yeah, they can Saturday, do. noon to two. Um, so that one, I, again, highly encourage you to do that. You can do it from anywhere, right? The conference, I highly encourage you to come for, come. Uh, that is May 18th yes. through the 20th. Yep. Um, 18th is the workshop. 19th, 20th is the yep. conference itself. I also encourage you to stay until Sunday and leave on Sunday. People sometimes will try to leave Saturday night or leave early Saturday. The one thing that you miss out on that is that final end of the conference like reception and stuff and then some of us go out after that and so you you miss that final we did it fellowship type thing if you want to call it that or whatever meetup type thing yeah um and that's super valuable so i highly recommend you just go out sunday morning but if you have questions about that obviously um you know there'll be show notes and just reach out to us at our website we can answer questions for you about where to stay what things look like you know that type of thing but super worthwhile, you know what I mean? So both of those things, but there are other conferences as well. And you should look at conferences. Like if you're way too far and you're thinking, man, getting to Boise is going to cost me a fortune, right? Uh, There are conferences probably close to your home with different groups that you should go to. There are educational opportunities that you can do virtually like Jessica Brody, but there are other ones as well that other groups are putting on and you should learn about those and know about those and be watching for those. Because, um, and you can find them social media, Twitter, all the, all the different places, right? Yeah. Um, there's, there's huge writing communities on all of these different platforms, right? Because all of us writers kind of group together, like, oh, I'm scared. Are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we group together, but so there's all kinds of ways that you can find out about these things. Writers groups, you can join both online and in person. And I highly encourage you to do all of those things. Find your community, find your education. And get rolling, no matter what your writer career is initially going to look like. This is still something you should do. Now, with the Idaho Writers Guild, do you guys do like a monthly meetup that people, if they did join, could join by Zoom? We're not doing them monthly this year. We're doing some of the the Zoom ones quarterly because we're actually trying to do more stuff in person because we have that opportunity. However, not this year's conference, but next year's conference will actually be hybrid. Okay. So we're going to be able to do it. You'll be able to watch from a distance. And you'll be able to come in person. Unfortunately, we do not have time to set up the AV things that we need to do that this year. Sure. Um, but that will be possible. The only thing I say about attending virtual conferences is you do miss out on that in-person interaction, um, which is extremely valuable. But there, when it comes to saving money, you know, I mean, I I totally get that. You know, when I took that first PMWA pledge, I mean. The conference was 500 bucks. Wow. The trip was probably, by the time we got done, was probably a $1,200 trip. It was like a, for a brand new writer, it was like, <laughs> right? it was like, a big investment. 
Now it was worth, like I say, in the long run, it was worth it, but I do understand money is a thing, right? Yeah. Money, money is a thing for people. Um, so we try to keep things as affordable as we can. We have free things when we're able to, um, and we will have some more virtual workshops. We're actually going to have a fight workshop that even if we don't do it, we're going to do it in person. Um, we may not be able to do a hybrid because of the nature of it, but we're going to have a couple people filming it. Um, where basically I've got two friends of mine who are martial artists, two gals who are martial, both of them are martial artists, very good. They've both written about fight scenes. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a fight scene and have them act out a really bad one by reading it from the book and having them do the things that the book says. Okay. And then we're going to have them act out a really good one. And then you can see how to describe a fight scene. It's going to be super fun because both of them are totally funny people. So I have no idea what they're going to do with that, but it <laughs> probably is, it's probably going to be hilarious. And you see it on YouTube, it might just go viral. I don't know. Right? Um, that sounds cool. Because it's fun, but it, that's one of those things where like we're going to do things like that. And if you're obviously if you're a member, you're going to you'll know about those things. You get discounts if nothing else. Join our email list, and you'll know about events and stuff that are going on. Um, even if you're not a member, but if you join as a member, um, we'll have virtual things that are going on. And always, if we have a workshop or something like that, you always get a discount. It, that's just one of our member benefits, along with some other ones we're going to bring on this year. But I can't tell you about those because they're not live yet. So gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so just to make sure that everybody's got the details, where can my audience find more information about you and the Idaho Writers Guild and the conference? Okay, so Idaho Writers Guild, it, it, just go to idahowritersguild.org. Perfect. That is, uh, that is the starting point. You'll find our conference. You'll find the Dagoni workshop. You'll, if you look in our events calendar, you'll find the Jessica Brody workshop. Um, and we'll probably add something about that onto our homepage relatively quickly as well. So you'll find out about all of those different things that we're doing. There's links to join in our email list. And links to donate. We're a 501c3. Those things are tax deductible. If your accountant yes. is bugging you to donate some money, I have a good cause for you. Anyway. <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> but all, all of that information is is on our website. If you want to find me, um, you can always find me at TroyLambertWrites.com or I tell people, just Google me. And if I don't come up when you Google me, your internet is down. Um, perhaps <laughs> your modem is broken, like Carissa's was not long ago. Right. And you need to get that fixed. And once you do, once you Google me, then you will find me because my face will show up places. As my son said, when he was in middle school, he came home one day and he said, Dad, you're all over the Googles. Yes, I am all over the Googles. My daughter has said um, the same thing about me. <laughs> it, it was kind of creepy because he was showing his friends, that's my dad. I'm like... <laughs> And I'm like, at the time, especially, I'm like, I'm writing dark psychological thrillers. I'm like, don't have your friends read my books, right? right. They're going to go home from the library. Look, this is my friend's dad. And their parents are going to be like, what are you reading? This well, guy this lives here. Let's go find him. I have written, okay, I have written a steamy romance. Okay. That I wrote years ago under my own name. I was working for a publisher and I was actually the managing editor for the City Night series, which is a nice. steamy romance series. Um, and so I wrote the first book in the series to show people the kind of book that I was looking for. Now, I will tell you that it is a murder mystery, steamy romance. There's a <laughs> okay. detective and his wife. There is a body and there's a lot of hot sex. And <laughs> you can go find and read that book if you would like. I'm not going to give Just you not your kids. <laughs> the link to that. I'm not going to give you the link to that. But I'm going to tell you, if you go read that book and then you come to the Idaho Writers Conference, you can't come up to me and look at me and go, oh, really? Because then we can't be friends. So, <laughs> <it> just, <laughs> we will just not be able to be friends after that. You, you can read it. But, but the, no don't comments. say you weren't warned. No comments. <laughs> no comments. Don't. There's certain parts. You can tell me what you thought of it overall. But don't tell me what you thought about individual parts of it. That's just all I'm going to say. <laughs> Give me a general review. General reviews, great, great. General reviews Nothing. are wonderful. <laughs> Nothing in depth on that one. Anyway, that's, you know, no pun intended. Anyway, so IdahoWritersGuild.org. You can always find me at TroyLambertWrites.com. You can find me on the socials and seriously reach out to me. Like, I, if you send me a message, I don't care. Honestly, I would just answer. I might not answer right away because I'm doing this writing thing. So sometimes I'm not on the socials all the time. Um, <laughs> but I will, but I will, I mean, I will get back to you and answer you and all that kind of stuff. So. If you have questions or, or just want to talk about the writing life or just be friends, whatever, I'm out there and, you know, yeah, part of that. So that's great. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Troy, for being on the podcast and giving us all of your insights. And I cannot wait for Idaho Writers Conference. It's going to be so much fun. It is going to be a blast for <laughs> sure.
Oh my gosh, talking to Troy is like this fun excursion of all sorts of things. We talked, I kid you not, for four hours the day that this podcast episode was recorded. And believe me when I tell you, there are some absolutely incredible insights that we dove into once the actual podcast interview recording was finished. So I have his permission. We will be sharing some of those tidbits a little bit later on throughout the year. So hang on and be aware there's more coming. But Troy's one of those guys who's just down to earth and he's so fun and has so much energy for what it is that we do as indie authors when it comes to writing, when it comes to publishing, when it comes to just connecting. He is just one of the most genuine guys out there. So I will make sure that all of the information to get a hold of the Idaho Writers Conference, the Idaho Writers Guild, the masterclasses and workshops that he was talking about, and so much more is on the show notes for today. So you can head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 171 to get it all there, including downloading the transcript to this fun interview. If you are more interested in getting into conferences, I highly recommend that you join us for the Idaho Writers Conference in May. It's going to be an incredible conference with so many people, and he mentioned some of them. Becca Symes is going to be there, and Claire Taylor is going to be there. We're going to be talking about so many amazing and important things that authors really need to know about. So make sure you join us if you can make it. And if you can't, just know that there's a conference near you that you can attend that's going to help you next level. It's going to help you create that community that Troy was talking about. I know for me, when I started my journey to becoming the author I now am, having my local community as a place to start with was so powerful. And it can be that for you too. It's going to help you keep going. It's going to help you stay motivated. And it's probably even going to help you know when there's cool new things in your community or nearby that you should be attending. So again, I hope you join us at the conference. Go over to the show notes at authorrevolution.org forward slash 171. You can get all the info there. And until then, I hope you take this to heart. I hope you have listened to some of the stuff that Troy and I talked about today and really think about what your next step is. What is your next step on this journey of being an indie author and transforming yourself into the millionaire author you're destined to become? In the meantime, as you do that, have a wonderful rest of your week, get words on the page, and go forth and start your author revolution. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks like writing. <laughs> Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.